Hi, friends. How's it going? Welcome back. How is everyone doing today? Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. I don't know when you're listening to this, but hope your day is going well. Hope your week is going well. And I genuinely mean that. I'm really looking forward to today's episode. Kind of trying to think of if anything happened this week that I want to share, but I don't have anything yet. I do have something really cool that's coming out that you will be seeing on social. And I was really nervous putting this little offering out into the world, but it's a fun tool. And I say fun because I think like visually it's really fun. It's like a nice little thing to have on your like desk or even in the kitchen. But anyways, you'll see it when it's out. I hope you guys really like it. Um, Would love to know what you think. I'll give you a little hint. It's to aid with digestion. So when I say aid, it's just kind of like a little tool, little guide. I'm going to stop rambling. You'll see. Anyways, today's episode, really excited. I know I say this like every week. I'm really excited for every episode and I'm really excited for every guest, but like genuinely like sitting down with both of our guests today was kind of like such a learning and I do want to do that more sitting with people who inspire me like crazy and definitely today's guests do that. So one, I'm sitting with Luann, who is the founder of Ruru Baked, which is my favorite ice cream brand ever. Like I always loved ice cream, but I never thought I could like it so much until Luann created this brand. So we're going to hear all about that and her journey and like what it's become and she has developed a cult following and we'll kind of find out why. And her partner, Sandro, who has the most beautiful and special soap company that is made with so much intention. And we're going to sit down today and talk to them both. And we're going to talk about everything, how they both got started. I mean, why I sat down with both of them is because they both have such strong stories that I think would are so interesting to listen to and would benefit for everyone to listen and learn from. And I just like love that they're a couple and they have navigated through so many ups and downs of being business owners together. So we'll listen to navigating and scaling businesses during a pandemic. I mean, Luann opened her first shop during the pandemic. Sandro created his brand during the pandemic, which is like crazy, such a high stressful time. And they both did it. And I'm super inspired by them. We really get into moving and creating with intention and why that played such a big role in both of their journeys, the importance of community care and the responsibility of like managing a team and what that means to them. I mean, there's so much more that we spoke about and I can't think about it right now. But Again, I'm just going to stop rambling because that just takes up way too much time because I could do that forever. I hope you're having a great fall and staying safe. I hope that winter is not scary this year. I'm trying to remember how bad last year was and I just can't because, you know, the past two years have kind of just been one long week and I don't know. The seasons have not been identified for me. Be easy on yourselves. Get some rest. Prioritize rest. I've been prioritizing rest and I like it. I've actually been binge watching Grace and Frankie on Netflix and I've had like no one to talk to about it because I feel like no one watches it. And it's kind of like one of those shows that I just let play 
while I'm like scrolling Instagram or TikTok and like not paying attention. But it's like funny. Like I, I laugh. So if you watch it, can you message me so we can talk about it? Okay. Well, that's it, Michelle. Stop talking and let's get to the episode. Before we get into today's episode, we have a quick message from our sponsors. Better days start with better mornings. Invelo is a good morning bedding and bath company. Female founded and led by a young entrepreneur, Invelo combines cutting edge innovations with old world techniques, creating beautiful ethical products without sacrificing on sustainability. So you can feel really good about having them in your morning rituals. They recently launched a new line of linen bedding that I absolutely love and it's perfect for elevating your sacred sleep space. To wake up feeling amazing and ready to start the day, visit www.embello.com and Lemon Water listeners, you get 20% off at checkout with code LEMONWATER. Discount codes are limited to one per customer, but I highly suggest you check them out. If you don't need something right now, you may need something in the future and yeah. To our episode. Hi guys, I'm so excited to have you both here with me today. And the dog, what's the dog's name? This is Whiteman. Hi, cutie. So for those of you who are not familiar with both Sandra's work and Luann's work, we're going to get into that, but there is so much to discuss because I think this year has been crazy but like an incredible crazy for the both of you Sandra we launched a new company Luann you moved into a massive space which is amazing and it's just great so can't wait to hear about that but let's just get into a little bit about who you both are what do you do and what are your backgrounds so I'm Luann I'm the founder of Ruru Baked we make ice cream and treats and that's pretty much it I mean we have a lot of fun doing it my background is I have a background in baking and pastry arts but I don't have that much experience in it and then the rest of my background is kind of all over the place I've done as a partner at a social media content creation agency I've been office manager in an accounting firm I worked as a luxury villa specialist so lots of really random experience but you said you don't have that much experience in pastries and stuff. You literally make that. Yeah. But like, I think that also plays into, again, I feel like I'm always reverting back to <laughs> imposter syndrome. And you maybe feel that way because you didn't work at a, I don't know, bakery for tens of years, but you do it. Yeah, I definitely have imposter syndrome all the time. People just tell me they like it they like this because they're being nice, but I don't actually know what I'm doing. And I'm just figuring stuff out along the way and like Googling things and YouTubing things. YouTube is the new school. Yeah. Yeah. University. (laughs) Sandra, let's hear about you. Yeah. So, I mean, I started this, this soap brand. I've been a long time soap lover. (laughs) Yeah. I've been very passionate about uh, bar soap for a long time. And that kind of steeped its way into, um, many of my sort of like creative endeavors over the years, which very similar to Luann have been a plenty, you know, there's been lots of sort of like worlds that I've spent my time in and like, you know, gained energy from and all that kind of stuff. So whether in Calgary for a long time, I was really heavily involved with like underground music stuff, club culture that was from like performance and like working in those zones to like eventually teaching and, and sharing and building curriculum to kind of like learn rhythm and music and how to build music structure and all that kind of stuff in a club context. Wait, that's amazing. 
Yeah. And it, and it really now tends to kind of like dip into what I'm doing with soap creation as well, which is a funny thing. And well, I guess we'll talk about it a bit later, but I did that for a long time. And in Calgary, we didn't have major infrastructure for certain things like aesthetics of spaces and all that kind of stuff. Like things were happening, but at a different level. And so I got heavily involved with kind of DIY kind of aesthetics and doing things in a city that wasn't as exposed to culture. And then so when we moved here about six years ago, I got pretty involved with, yeah, building out spaces, designing experiences, physical like environments for whether it was other brands and activations and all that kind of stuff, or, or again, more so like underground music and club culture kind of things. And in, in Toronto, as you know, almost in any sort of like creative world, you can work like there's work, even if it's not like crazy paid work or not, you know, like there's that whole dynamic of being able to just work here. And there's like a lot of resources and a lot of opportunity to kind of like do things. As I did that at the end of 2019, I was very like, successful you know like and I'm, I'm air quotes here I'm just what is success even right right exactly and I think you know when you get to that point where it's like this statement of this is what success is and then you can reflect on that and be like I don't really feel that great or I, I'm like what's going like when I reflect back like I don't really know like what was this about you know and so I got to this point at the end of 2019 where again worked so hard and I was like this is crazy I had a bit of a and I savings account piled up and I was like you know what I'm just turning off and for two months I'm just gonna make stuff I had this like goal in mind for a long time hey but before you did that can you tell me about like why you had an obsession with soap bar soap specifically like where did that come from what are you so infatuated with what calls you on it yeah. So like Luan just said, I am obsessed with scent. Like I love scent. I think it's such a wonderful form energy. Like there's just, it is constantly a, a wonderful thing. It's so dynamic. And it also works in that whole sort of like frequency energy range where I'm really fascinated with, but I truly, yeah, close to like 15 ish years ago, a friend of mine, we were at, we used to do like lots of backyard barbecue kind of things and just like hang out in Calgary, like, you know, not too many things to do. So we were just kind of all get together and hang not out. Too many things to do in Calgary. <laughs> well, at that age, age, we were like, you know, the club's not open. Like we were focused, you know, we're just in that realm. And so at the time we were like a weekly backyard hangout was totally in the cards, you know, and you know, it was a normal weekly backyard hangout week <laughs> we went to the to the grocery store and yeah lauren basically like my like one of my best pals we got to the end of the checkout like just about to like check out all our goods and lauren just the way that he did it like i can still remember it in my mind it was such an insignificant kind of moment but a huge moment for me he basically he was like oh shit i forgot i got i forgot to grab soap and like the way that he said it it was just like so kind of like it wasn't casual. It was just like, oh, oh, really? And it, something clicked. And so he, he kind of like, I'm, and I can visualize it perfectly. Like he went back into the shop. There was these three baskets of kind of like natural soaps sitting there. And he kind of like spent some time too, like picking out these soaps. He was like, he's like, oh, okay, I'm going to grab this one. And at that moment, I just kind of was like, oh, what, what just, this is interesting. Like I never thought about it. I never even like considered it. I was like using whatever, like 
some body wash, body wash or something, you know? And again, something just clicked in that moment. And it wasn't like this major shift. It just was the pivoting point of me thinking about it and looking at it. And then I'm like obsessive Scorpio. And so I just freaking for years and years and years and years, just like started looking at soap. And like soap is one of those things where it's easy to collect in a way. Like there's so many shops. Like, I know it's in every shop. It's usually like two or a dollar to like, $20 or whatever, it's it's affordable enough to be like, okay, I'm going to grab that, I'm going to grab that, I'm going to grab that. And it just built over years. And then I started sharing it on Instagram and like showing little, like, oh, this is my new soap buy. And then eventually soap just started coming to me. It found its way to you. <laughs> yeah, it found its way through other hands, you know? I'm not going to lie. I totally thought, because I know you both were such big travelers pre-pandemic, I thought something had happened to you while you were traveling and you were at like a hospital or a bed and breakfast and like you came across this soap. And like I had this whole vision that it completely just, but your story is even better. I think your vision also happened. You know, I think yeah. we, would, we would definitely be, we would totally be traveling. And then I remember like being in like just outside of Amsterdam, we stayed in like a, whole, a small hotel and they had this really interesting packaging too. And I was just like, and, and I remember just at the airport. Okay. Yeah, it was just outside the airport. Yeah. And we were like, and again, like that was one thing for me too. And the collection as well, it's like sorted into like different packaging stuff. I was just so obsessed from like a design perspective. And so we would go to hotels and I would just be fascinated with the fact that like there would be this like, in every single room, this one little bar, you know? And yeah, it's just, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Okay. And so then you're both so hands-on in everything you do in your business and like, Luann, it's so incredible because I feel like you are basically self-taught when it comes to so much with like recipe development, making your ice creams and Sandro, everything you do as well from even like helping build the entire store. So did you kind of just go online? I'm like, I'm going to teach myself how to make soap now. Well, I got a kit, like a, a gift Luann bought, again, this is probably like eight years ago or so. And it was just like a little had all of the ingredients and a bit of a recipe and that kind of, and a mold. And then I tried it and because there's lots of different ways, there's different ways of making soap. Like you can just literally buy soap and melt it down and pour it and you make soap, you know, but I wanted to kind of like go in a little bit. And so she brought, she got this like sort of kit to how to make cold processed soap and it came with everything. And I tried it out and it, it was dope and it worked. And I was like, this is amazing. But I was just like a hobbyist. I was so, I was just like, this is awesome. Like, this is cool. And, then and I, also, what are you going to do with all that soap after? Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, as a hobbyist, when you make, like, a freaking recipe of soap, you know? Yeah. You're sitting there with a year's worth of soap. So, you could, you know, you don't have to fine-tune or whatever. And then and then it was one of those things where I was just like, okay, I want to put some time into this and learn this a bit further. But, again, I was too busy. So, I would just kind of buy ingredients, have ingredients, look stuff up here and there. But I just never really had the time. I had everything sitting in the studio in the space there, but I just didn't have the time and that's when, again, at the end of 2019, when I had that major reflective moment where I was like, nope, I'm stopping. That's when I learned. That's when I figured it out. Because I was like, I'm just only doing this. I turned everything off and I just made soap. Like January 1st, 2020, made a batch. And I still have a couple bars from that batch. And I just made like, I think it was 11 batches, which is like, you know, a few, like whatever, it's like maybe a thousand bars of soap or something like that. and figured it out. I like just looked up recipes, switched things up, like played with what I had in terms of materials, just changed things, failed a few, like 
oh my god some of the bars that came out are just like it's like a brick it's hard you would never like you have to use the, like yeah just try to try to figure it out and just looked online and I think it was there was an interesting thing where I think for a long time I was in the sort of like techno world like music world and like we talked about earlier with like YouTube University or Google University or whatever that world is often there's a lot of like ego and there's a lot of like this is how you do it and like this is the way and like if you don't do this and you won't get there and then so many industries are like that too totally but then you get into soap (laughs) that industry holy moly it's just warm hugs and vibes all around and so I was just like this is amazing like I'm just like looking at it's like some lady like it's just in her kitchen and so warm and wonderful (laughs) telling you about her like soap making and sandra there was no pressure for you yeah it was just that you were like having fun with it totally so luann i know you guys owned it was a social media agency or production agency right and you were doing ruru on the side i remember when it was super small badge when were you like okay fuck it like when was your aha moment that you're like i want to do this full time I feel great. This is my calling. So I never thought it was my calling. I should say it's funny. People always ask me, when did my passion for ice cream start? And I'm not that passionate about ice cream, which is kind of funny. It's fun to make it. And I think I'm passionate about creating things. And I'm passionate about having a team that works really well together. And the ice cream is kind of just the medium for that. I also get bored really easily. So it's a good way for me to change things up all the time and not get bored. But the aha moment for me was more out of necessity than it was out of like, I need to do this thing. So at the beginning of the pandemic, our agency wasn't doing very well. And it always it was very perfect timing how everything happened. So our agency, agency wasn't doing very it wasn't well. Before that. Yeah, it was like two months before the pandemic, yeah. like before lockdown happened, I think like beginning of January. We let everybody go. It was just me and my business partner. We're going to continue with the business and try to like build it and just keep it very, very small. But because the business wasn't doing well, I wasn't getting paid. So I thought, okay, I should just take on rebate full time, do the agency on the side and make money that way. And I was like, you know, if I make 300 pints a month, that's like $3,000 and I can live off of that for a while and just like build up the business. And then I made a whole bunch of stuff. First lockdown happened. No one knew what was going on. Everything shut down. Like at that time there were kind of like food can be open. Side note about the, do you remember that I bought your furniture the month before lockdown? Like I bought the desk and like that had saved me so much because you couldn't get furniture during a pandemic. You couldn't get furniture. And I never thought I was going to turn my like spare bedroom to a home office. And I'm like, Luann saved me. Like me buying that desk literally saved me during the pandemic or I would not have had furniture. I can't believe you didn't have a desk before that. I know it was just like an empty room with shit everywhere. Yeah. So, and I look at that desk and I'm like, Luann made it. I'm going to make it. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, So glad to hear that. But yeah, the the first lockdown happened and I was like, fuck, I have to close. Like, I don't know what, it doesn't feel safe to be open. Now I really don't have any money. And it was crazy timing too. Yeah, I was, and I have a lot of trauma around money and I'm very like, really weird about it. 
I like, I just, I have to have it. And if I have savings, I'm like, I can't touch my savings. Like savings is for savings. I can't touch it. So it's in there, but it doesn't mean I have money in my mind. It's really weird. And Sandra's the complete opposite. He's like, we have savings. It's all good. And I'm like, <laughs> no, we can't touch it. So I had to figure out a solution. And uh, you know, it was crazy too, yeah. because she was, you basically just switched over yeah, and you had made all of that ice cream. And then I typically in March would go to Vancouver every year. I would go to Vancouver and like smoke weed, make music, go on hikes, like, you know, do the nothing I did in Calgary, but in Vancouver with the homies, you know, and just like every, every year we did that. And so you made the ice cream mm-hmm. and then I went to Vancouver and I took all my sabbatical soaps with me. You know, I, I knew that I had some jobs after I was doing some stuff with Tokyo Smoke or whatever after. Luann's like, I reset the space. She was going to do a pop-up in, in Gibbon. Yeah, pop-ups lined up for all of March. To sell all that ice cream and then boom, the pandemic hits. I'm in Vancouver, like smooth sailing. It's gorgeous. I, I'm hiking. Everyone's like, cool soap. <laughs> and Luann's no one like, cares about the time that I <laughs> yeah, and the, well, it was just the beginning of such yeah. a crazy time, and that everyone was so confused. It's not just because so I, I think Vancouver in general is living a different lifestyle. Yeah. Oh, totally. yeah. But yeah. I was like, you need to come home now, or else yeah. you might not be able to come home. People were unsure about domestic flights, anyways. Yeah. So then it was more of a necessity thing. I was just like, I need to make money. Yeah. And Brewery Baked, you know, like when I, it was really small and we were doing topics and events. It was, again, quote unquote, successful, but I wasn't paying myself. I was just investing back into the company. I wasn't doing it full time. It was a side hustle mixed with the passion project that you literally just did. Yeah. And so I wasn't like, this is going to be the thing that I do. And I didn't think I'd ever have a shop. So mm-hmm. I just went into it and it ended up being really successful. And then I yeah. somehow our customers forced us to open the shop. Yeah, I mean, we had to working, scale. It was like insane. Yeah, working at the back of the, what was Empire Espresso on College Street, mm-hmm. and had Coco's. And they, that was a, an awesome thing too. Like I, my studio is just down the street from that. And, you know, when you were doing the project originally, you were using a studio on the East End. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a bit, like it was quite the haul and that kind of thing. And I remember talking to Sarah at the time at Empire. You know, I'd go there all, all the time to get coffee from the studio and, telling her about the project you were working on. And Sarah was like, oh, does Diane want to just use the kitchen in the back here? Like she can rent it. And then we just mm-hmm. kind of like flipped that. And it worked for a long time. Like it was a yeah, great, I great space. I could stay there. Yeah. But then, yeah, it just, when the pandemic hit, it was this really trippy thing. And I could see where this like, almost like survivor's guilt kind of came in because yeah. Luann would pop up there and it would just be like, her ice cream would just be like out the fucking door. I remember it was last summer. It was last summer. And like, for those of you who are not in Toronto and don't follow Ruru Baked on Instagram, like you truly don't understand when it's like the supply, the demand is so high for this ice cream that we joke about it, but it's true. Like, even though you were using like Shopify or whatever, like it could not, the server could not handle people placing all these orders. It would sell out within like two minutes. Two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was getting so many angry emails, like, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Isn't that, yeah. 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 I was like, I, I'm just one person. Do you yeah. know? I feel like no one, no one really was able to wrap their head around that. Like, how is this one human being making so many pints of ice cream? And also, why is it selling out? I want it right now. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I also, 
I think the social media, because I had a background in social media and I can do, like I can use Illustrator and Photoshop and like Premiere and edit my own videos and stuff. I think people thought it looked like a team, but it was just one person. And so I think they thought our scalability was more than it actually was. Wow. I didn't even think about that. Like just because the Instagram looks legit, people assume that it's like, you know, you have a team of like five people. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm making all the flyers. I'm doing all the photography. I'm like doing the accounting, like everything. I was doing everything up until like the, well, Sandra helped me once week as well. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a very small business, like the smallest business in the smallest space. Totally. So Sandra, like you came back from Vancouver and I guess you obviously didn't really have work lined up because the pandemic had just started. So I also feel like that was kind of a blessing in disguise that you had even more time to focus on this. Exactly. And I did have three installations. I was kind of like, I knew that I had January, February, and I was going to take March and do the trip and then kind of come back. And I had some stuff coming up for like a cannabis brand out here. That was one full-time, like a permanent installation and then two kind of like brand pop-ups. Like they're opening shops and so there's going to be this installation inside. And so like those were, re- like it was great. I was like, okay, cool. I've taken this time off. You know, I would love to take more, but I, it's just nice to fill, refill up that bank account, you know, or whatever. And so I, I was just, I was like, okay, I don't really want to do this, but it's cool that it's coming up and I have, you know, I've taken some time. I got some control. And as the pandemic revealed itself the emails just started happening rather quickly as this isn't happening or we're postponing this or it's not happening or whatever and it was it was very much this kind of like kind of a blessing you know I was like okay well dang but awesome like I have time now let's just see what happens and then I just kind of came back helped Luann a little bit it sort of just like laid low and then I just I like to do things anyways and so I had all of this oil and all of these materials and so I just said I'm just going to continue making soap like not even with an idea for a brand or anything yet still I was just kind of like I'm I'm just going to keep making soap you know until things kind of like what whatever normalize or whatever this this thing was and I just kind of again like like I was saying I would go in and help a little bit that was like this regular thing and I'd still maintain the studio practice of like some music stuff and then soap stuff and then it was like a mini retirement. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. It was like, yeah, I basically, and, and it's it's funny, I, you know, I hit up this week. Someone's like, I got I got some work for you. And I, I literally wrote back, I retired. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do that anymore, but thank you for thinking of me. Oh my God. Totally, totally. But yeah, so then I, and then I just kind of kept rolling with it. And then I did some numbers really loosely, like not, not the really numbers, more the, <laughs> you know. <laughs> numbers and then I was like oh this is numbers on a post-it on numbers on the spreadsheet <laughs> yeah totally yeah <laughs> and so then I just basically was like this could be a thing and then I started putting together like a Brand. like a mood you know and just started playing with it while I was sort of helping land a little bit and so yeah just... you were like posting about soap a lot to just your own collection and people were getting very interested in that yeah and then it segued into you making your own soap yeah I started an Instagram that was just my collection I remember and it looked so cool it was just like all the bars lined up 
Yeah. Yeah. Just my collection. And that was just, I was just kind of like, Oh, this is what I'm like. This is cool. Like this is a great creative use. I was like, eventually. And like, for me, I'm like very slow build. I like to like long energy. You know? I'm really into that. And so I was like, Oh, this is cool. Like this will be a cool way to just trickle this out there eventually. Like, you know, put out maybe like a website or a book or something like that, you know, with the project. And it was just like a cool sort of starting point or a foundation. Wait, what month was this? Because also, just so you guys know, since the pandemic hit, everything's just one long day. So for me, I'm just like, wait, was this like 2000 and like 2020? Because I like feel like you launched your brand almost a year ago. Yeah, just about a year ago. So yeah, like that, I kind of shifted. And I remember spending a bunch of time, of course, like thinking about the name and all, all this, yeah, all the things, you know, so like many names. so many names, just different energies and just tying it to a thing. I had a really good friend that helped me out with some of like the graphics package or like the branding and that kind of stuff. And we would sit down and chat every once in a while and sort of refine some stuff. But yeah, just, I remember, yeah, which is like, a, means key. It's like a group of islands that like, dad spent a lot of time in Honduras. And so I was like, oh, that could be a cool thing, but then it doesn't. And anyways, there was just this whole exercise of, of kind of like being around it. And then it just kind of all, it clicked. I had everything in a, on like a, a cargo website, like a private cargo website, this whole like giant mood put together that I would refine. And it was just like a, my own personal kind of like Tumblr or whatever, you know, I'd just be like, this is a vibe. I like this. This is the feeling. This is the general energy. And then also putting together like what I wanted to use in terms of materials. And then I just passed it off to my friend and I said, Hey, I'm pretty much done. Like this is 95% done in terms of like what I'm doing with the vibe. Can you just like tip it all over the edge? And it was uh, again, a crazy window. Cause like he's very, like a very busy dude, like has he's, like, kind of constantly working on things. And I was just able to kind of like get that connection and he passed me back a PDF and that blew my mind. I was just like, yo, this is so amazing it's exactly what i envisioned but obviously you did you know you like really added some spice and then that was just the beginning and then it went to like print and that's when the brand started happening put together a little website learned some stuff with shopify originally was running this like really janky cargo shopify with the marriage which that was my fault (laughs) (laughs) that's how i was running my store that's an interesting thing because our businesses are, there's similarities and then there's of course differences, but there's been a lot of like cool back The stuff. similarities that it sells out. <laughs> and, and, like literally everything, anything you guys drop will sell out like within, within under five minutes. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's not yeah. like that anymore for us. It's more chill for us now. Yeah. I mean, too, I'm, I'm scaling quite a bit and so it's definitely more chill, but yeah, I know it was just kind of all came together and then. And it did. I just, I, I do rely a lot on like intuition and energy and sort of like things aligning what in my environment, you know, and things just really did. They really lined up for the brand and it all kind of came together in this like very fluid thing and just went to market, just went, yeah, just hit it, hit the Instagram, you know, and then it just began. Yeah. Wow. All during the pandemic, which I find is like, it's so beautiful to see both of you literally thriving during this time. And with that, Luann, I'm sure once you opened up that physical store and you hired a team, a lot of responsibility obviously falls on you with like, you're responsible for 
how other people get paid, which is like a lot of pressure. But as I, I think it was the third, I don't even know what wave, but when Toronto went into like the third or fourth lockdown, I remember you were very adamant on like continuing to pay your employees when you were shut down and you have always been giving back. You have run multiple initiatives during the course of your like existence as a business owner. So why is that so important to you? And why do you continue to prioritize one community and two, your employees? Yeah, the employees thing is very important to me just because I feel like there's a lot of stigmas around working certain jobs or not making certain types of money. And when I opened the shop, I just thought it'd be nice if people could work here and not be embarrassed about it or not just say, oh, it's just a transitionary job. Like, wouldn't it be cool if we had a core team that was here for a while and they could learn a lot and grow and get paid as if they were at a corporate job. And so that was a huge goal of mine, just A for company culture. And so people feel valued. So within the first three months, I'm obviously learning as we go through the first year of our business. I don't have any historical data because I never had a team before. Mm -hmm. So we're just going through the first. And that's okay. (laughs) We're we go. We're learning. Yeah, exactly. So I give raises when I can. All the full-time employees are on benefit health, like have full coverage health benefits. It's really important to me too. And I just don't want to be the type of owner that's like, oh, everyone's working really hard, but I'm getting all the benefits out of it. I can't do it without them. The shop would fail if I didn't have the team around me. And so I need to make sure that they're taken care of. And then the same thing goes with community. It's like community over commerce. Like we don't, have our shop and our business without our community and I think it's important to like you know our ice cream is expensive it's not it's not cheap and so I think it's important for us to be accessible in other ways and it also just feels really greedy to me again to make money and not share it especially if we have excess money so it's not expensive like I really think I would totally encourage other restaurants to do things like there's a lot of things we don't talk about. For instance, if I'm ordering produce and you have to order like a certain amount to get free delivery and we don't hit the minimum, I'll just order extra. Sometimes for an extra $80 on our order, we'll get like 10 heads of broccoli, a bunch of spinach, like you can get so much spinach, mm-hmm. all these fruits and vegetables, melons, things that people might not buy because it's quickly expensive and then we'll just drop that at the community fridge. Mm -hmm. So there's things that you can do that are really inexpensive as a business, but can be so impactful for other communities. And so I think it's just important to do that. It makes me feel less greedy, (laughs) less selfish. Maybe it's a selfish thing for myself, but but it's a self-serving thing, but I'm just like, yeah, I can't just make money and be like, it's all for me. Right. And I also think that guilt inside of you, the, the voice that's telling you just comes from your integrity as like, as just a, a human that creates things in this world. It's like, if it doesn't sit right from, for you, it's like, okay, well, that's your integrity standard. You know that you can be doing something. So why aren't you doing it? And I feel like sometimes I don't want to generalize business owners or restaurants or anything like that, because I've never been in those shoes. So I don't know, but what you just mentioned, it's like that 
extra $80 to order more produce and then drop it off the community fridge or opening up a shop that you don't want your employees to feel like it's like a secondary job to them or like a transitioning job that you want them to be proud. It's like little things like that. I really do believe that you kind of have set up the blueprint for other small businesses to kind of like Luann did it. It's there. She's talking about it really freely. You're transparent about everything that you do. So it's like, there's no excuse for other people not to be able to kind of like follow that blueprint. And I really think it's extremely admirable and I really look up to you for that. And it's incredible. And I hope that in the future or even right now in the present, more businesses can work that way as well. Yeah. I think it's a new, definitely a lot of business, small businesses are doing it. You know, like I know, for instance, in Ottawa, there's new shoe ice cream. They're same thing. Like, they had to close down for a bit. They still paid all their employees. They have health benefits. And I think it's just a matter of if you can afford it, then you should do it. You know, like, why not do it and have your employees and your team be happy and your community be happy? Absolutely. Okay. So I want to know, since both of your jobs are so creative, Sandra, we spoke a little bit about yours, but Luann, what is your creative process when it comes to recipe development? Because you think of the most wild things, you use the most incredible and ing- fresh ingredients too. I've never had mint ice cream that came from real mint. Just really, yeah. <laughs> where, like, I don't. Where would I have that? So, what is your creative process like? And I think it's also so interesting that like you make ice cream, but you're really creative. Like, you're a creative. Yeah, I don't even know. People ask me this all the time. I'm like, I don't know. I think I just, okay, so it's very in my being to execute things that I have ideas about. Like, yeah, I make a lot of, I'm, I'm risk averse, but if I have a thought that I want to execute, it needs to be done immediately. So for instance. So like you don't forget about it or so that urge doesn't go away? Both. And I also think I'm sometimes I'm just like, it's my anxiety too. And like, I, I can't like let this slide. I have to do it now. Or, or I get so hyped up about it that I need it done like immediately. I also love novelty. So I love change and like switching things up. Yeah. That's why we moved to Toronto. <laughs> You're really a Sagittarius. You can't, no, like you literally cannot sit still. <laughs> I cannot. I'm, yeah. That's why ice cream is such a good medium for me. Cause I'm like, I'm like, I'm bored of this flavor. Let's do something else. But a lot of the flavors uh, recently, I've had such a creative block because I've been overworking myself and getting a bit tired. The team just has been coming up with flavors. So they'll just, Matt, for instance, mutual friend of ours, they'll have an idea. Which will be like, I have another idea. What about this, this, and so I'm like, cool. So then I'll order the ingredients and then we'll do a test. And if it turns out, awesome. If it doesn't, we'll test again until we get it right. And then... It's been pretty good. It's been really good. Yeah. yeah. That's an idea factory. Yeah, but like that's amazing that he has someone like you that just lets him do whatever comes into his head. So kind of like, do you wish you had that when you were starting your career that you had a boss that was like, yeah, do it. Yeah. I feel like when I was working in the food industry, which was only a couple of years, I only had one boss that was like that. He wanted me to bring ideas to the table, but I was still pretty new and didn't really have a lot of say because you know you're at the bottom of the ladder but obviously when you own your own business you can just do whatever you want and another thing about the company culture is I think it's really important that if someone has an idea unless it's a horrible idea 
Like, why not try it out? Like, if they have an idea and they're going to love it, someone else is going to love it. Yeah. So it could be passion fruit was an idea from Rochelle, who works front of house. And then I remember when I worked in New Zealand in a coffee shop, we made a banana bread cake with cream cheese passion fruit icing. So I was like, would you be cool if we put banana bread and cream cheese icing in it? She's like, yeah, down. And now that's like one of our best sellers. Yeah. And then Anna... She's like, I want pineapple to clean. I was like, okay, we'll make a sorbet. So if someone likes it at the shop and it's a good idea, we will always test it out. And it also is relieving for me because I don't have to think of everything. It's like, you you think of it. I, I'll, I'll execute it. No problem. Like, we'll, we'll figure it out. Taking a quick break from our episode with a message from our sponsors. So better days start with even better mornings. Invelo is the Good Morning Linen Company, a Canadian woman-founded eco-friendly brand that specializes in premium quality and fair price bedding and bath products. Everything Invelo makes is crafted under fair trade and environmentally friendly manufacturing practices so you can feel good about having them in your home. Whether you want to brighten up your space with chic, lightweight linens or looking for the fluffiest towels, Invelo products help you sleep better and elevate your self-care routine. You deserve to take care of yourself, so get in your Z's and wake up feeling ready to conquer the day. Visit www.invelo.com and use code LEMONWATER for 20% discount at checkout. Just a reminder, discount codes are limited to one use per customer. So check them out. If you need any new linens or bath products, I personally love it. The towels are luxe and I kind of feel like I'm in a hotel every day when I take a shower. So check them out and back to our episode. So the whole team is really collaborative and like what comes out, what's new. That's amazing. Real Kid was like Aaliyah's flavor. She wanted Super Kid. But then I didn't want to do the artist. I was like, what? What is super kid? I was like, what's in it? And she was like, yellow number five. Your raspberry flavor. Yeah. How to poison your child. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, our ice cream's not healthy, but I was like, we can at least use real food in it. A hundred percent. So you make all of the toppings and the fillings that's in it. Why was that for most of it? Okay. So like that's extra work, but why are you so adamant on doing that? I just think if we can. We should. We know what all the ingredients are. Sometimes if something's difficult to make, or, you know, it's like Oreos, we want to use Oreos. I'm not going to make the Oreos or cereal. We're just going to use cereal. But yeah, if we can make our caramel sauce, why not? If we can make a chocolate sauce that tastes like Hershey's, why not make it? It's really easy. And then it's also just easy to have all the ingredients on hand. Sometimes they cross with other things that we make. And so instead of just ordering let's say Hershey sauce, chocolate sauce, we have cocoa, sugar, water, all of that stuff that we use in other things. So we'll just use those things to make multiple items. Mm-hmm. And it just makes more sense cost-effective wise and not having random inventory on stock. I yeah. think it's amazing marketing too. Right? Like yeah. From before when I was doing like the front end stuff, and the would be in the back making things that kind of enters into my world of people would be like, what is that smell? Yeah. And everyone <laughs> is constantly like, what is she making back there? Or like in the <laughs> shop too, it's, you know, there's constantly this, this like new sort of like aroma yeah. escaping the door or like when people enter the space. And so it, I think it adds a lot to the value of that experience. You know? mm-hmm. And it con- I guess it's a control thing. 
like we can control it, you know, and like how big we want certain cake pieces to be or like the textures we want. Okay, so what are some of the most rewarding parts of what you do? I would say the most rewarding parts are probably coming up with ideas and having them taste better than you thought they were going to taste. And honestly, now the team, like going to work and get everyone getting along. Obviously there's little dramas here and there and ups and downs of managing multiple people and just running a shop in general. But yeah, going into work and be like, oh, sweet. I get to see all these people today. And maybe I'm, I'm a little bit tired, but I know that they're going to like, pull, you know, pick up the slack for me or vice versa. It's just nice to have that. And then the people that come in all the time message us on Instagram and are like true, true friends of Ruder Baked. That is very rewarding because you also get the other side of it of people who have a lot of opinions and want to tell you what to do and but then never come to your shop. I honestly want to spend a day in those people's brains. Like I do. Like I just want to know what compels some people that they think they have the right to just I don't know like from I was just raised on if you have nothing nice to say just just don't say it like why give someone a negative opinion about them I don't know I think it's crazy like I actually think it's nuts how some people's minds work and I'm also referring to like the harassment you got like when stuff would sell out and people would get angry like okay you just weren't fast enough like yeah, yeah totally <laughs> Yeah, I got an email once that someone said we were discriminatory towards old people mm-hmm. because old people can't use computers and things like that. I will say, I feel like COVID has like really been eye-opening that like a lot of older people, like especially my mom's generation, who are not tech savvy and also like foreign, can't really like read English as well too. It's overwhelming. Like, I don't know how people book their vaccines if they didn't have people like doing it for them. My parents are so, my dad's like 73 and he's like super heavy on Instagram, super heavy on Facebook, like yeah. he knows. And then we would have like 60, 70 year olds coming in all the time. They were able to figure it out. Yeah. 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 And I was like, I was like, you did it. Like, like I'm not, I'm, I don't like to discriminate against age because I know there's people there of all ages that are capable of many things. And it doesn't have to do with your age, just how much you're willing to learn about. Something. That's true. That's true. And Sandra, what about you? I mean, I think it's just this continual relationship with the material. Like, I think for me, it's just constantly working with this material that I'm developing a relationship with and learning the finer sort of intricacies of mixing things together. You know, I think a lot of my process is almost like random or like chance. You know, there's like, there's like certain, at least in terms of aesthetic, there's a lot of Things that I play with and I've, that I've played with for years in, in other forms, like of music and that kind of stuff, where I built systems and then I allowed those systems to kind of collaborate with me, you know? And I think when you see something like a piece of work that comes out of this collaborative process, that's like me and then whatever, like me and sorts of me and being or whatever, when I literally like, you know, take the soap out of the mold and then I put it through my my cutter and then I put it like every time I see that it's it's like this brand new unbelievable thing you're so proud of it yeah I look at this thing recently I've been doing some some definitely more like 
you know, I've been yeah, just expanding how I work with the medium when it's in its kind of like batter stage and, and, and legitimately doing things like writing specific words, you know, like I'll pour it all together, pour it all, all my sort of, you know, colors together, all my materials together. And then I will, I'll take like a stick, like kind of like a top stick and like legitimately write things in there, you know? And then when I pull that out, it's not like I can sort of see, but, I, but the energy is there. And I, I think having that for me, having that transfer and then knowing for a fact that like, you know, my soap, there, there's a lot of really amazing soap makers in the world making natural, really beautiful natural soap. You know, I think it's, it's, it's an important thing. I think it's an important part of our like, sort of health and our, our sort of routine. And so knowing that everyone could benefit from soap, like there's, there's not this like lack of, of sort of like clientele or whatever. Like there's just so many people that can use soap, natural soap. I think it's just amazing to lean back on this product that I know, like without question is good for use. Like it's, it, it is going to be good for your body. And so the people that are coming to get it, and it's the same as Luan. It's like, you know, I sell a $16 bar of soap and she's selling a $12 pint of ice cream. And it's not like, the cheapest thing, like you can totally go to a, like a natural food store and buy a really beautiful bar of soap, a natural bar of soap for a few dollars. And people should, I think they should totally try that stuff out. But it's just when I've seen people open their eyes and be like, oh my God, wow, like this really changed, like this, like if the pizza, got, like I share a building with like, there's like a pizza Nova on the front, pizza chain on the front. Now the pizza delivery pals are coming through and they're buying soap from me <laughs> and they're they're like you know these older chaps and they're like oh it's my knees are just so like I'm, i don't have to put moisturizer on my knees and i'm just i'm having this conversation about like moisturizing our knees <laughs> and i'm like yes I'm, it's just so amazing that i can sort of again have this completely creative sort of process where I'm learning slowly. And, and I think because soap is such a slow, slow process, you know, I make it, takes a few hours and then it sits for six weeks, it literally sits in a room for six weeks. And so there's this, there's this major reflective stage. And then because it's all cyclical, there's constant, 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 small wins, you know, constant small wins. And that's for me. That's awesome. And I hold that in the studio, but then when the soap goes out, it is truly enjoyed and it is a product that is, Good for you and it works yeah and also another thing it's under twenty dollars but the way that it's the packaging details how it's made the color the scent all of that quality it's a piece of luxury it feels like you have something like so luxurious and I think that's another thing why I'm so passionate about branding and marketing and how we put our creations out into the world and how we communicate that through graphic design and photography, because something that's just $16 can make you feel like a different person. Like it could make, I am running out of other words to like describe the feeling, but it's like, do you remember <laughs> in like the original Willy Wonka, like the one that was made in the eighties or the seventies when he like takes out the chocolate and he like slowly wraps it out like you just like like savor that moment it feels so rich and that also was just like a chocolate bar but like back then chocolate was very expensive too so like but like yeah that's how I feel when I open your soap by the way that's awesome yeah <laughs> I remember early conversations with Sebastian we were chatting about the soap as a being you know we we're looking at this bar and we we're you know chatting about what it what it kind of represents and I think you know the soap right now it's like 
on a shelf, there's a little, there's a little bit of information there. You know, you could see if there's like the orange sticker and that kind of thing. And like it says soaps and a little bit about like where it's made, but beyond that, like not really, there's no ingredients, no nothing, you know, and we just kind of like kept it pretty simple on the outside. And what we sort of envisioned was this, when you approach this really like calm, interesting individual that you were wondering about, but you didn't really know too much about it and they didn't reveal too much. Then once you got in and you opened it up, there was like this insert and then you look at the soap and then there's like a little bit of a card and like things that just add that sort of like, oh, oh, okay, now I get it. Now, now I understand. And I think playing with those and being able to work, you know, with like small printers and stuff like that. Like I use a Rezo printer here in town and then things are expanding a little bit, but it's just been amazing to kind of continue to evolve all of those pieces, you know? So both of you, Sandro, I'll let you start off, but both of you kind of will work closely with one another and Luann, you have a team, but Sandro, how are you able to establish your own personal boundaries to separate like work and life and like your company Luann's company and just like your own personal mental space like how do you establish those boundaries for yourself and like when do you know that okay it's time both are so DIY and like everything you do is like if Luann learns something it'll actually like help you if you learn something it'll help Luann like it's so interconnected and intertwined so I really believe like boundaries are important for everyone so just love to hear your process on that yeah I think well I think it's been interesting because I think up until the pandemic, really, I almost didn't really have an understanding of proper boundaries up until, I mean, up until recently when I got a really amazing therapist that like I was able to work through a lot of, a lot of these things with, I didn't really fully, fully understand them. And I didn't really like utilize boundaries in the best way. And I think that's what got me into that position of being like, no, fuck everything. I'm just going to make soap. You know, and like, I think that was my first explosion into, well, my boundaries are really, I'm waiting <laughs> you know, and I think now being able to, with, with my life, it's, it's been interesting because I'm playing witness, it's not only my life, but also Luann's and then being involved too, but I have a very different case and I'm a very strict sort of regiment or I don't, I don't want to say regiment because it sounds so hard because I'm a lot more like fuzzy and warm with it now. But it's just I, his comfort zone. Like he needs to do specific things in order to feel like he set himself up well. Yeah. Well, your your routine rituals, which we'll get into. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And so I, I really think it's just been this enormously self-reflective stage of my life where I there have been times with Rue Baked where I'm like, yo, like especially when the drama was crazy and stuff, and like like certain things with like people reflecting in a certain way and then living this existence and like i'm i'm like supporting but i was also doing my thing and trying to find my zen or trying to find my my place and like my footing i was like i can't like no <laughs> i was like this can't like we can't do that. and like you know it goes like and we communicate in such different ways and, and so but it's just been i think in and outside of that it's just a forceful determination to learn how to communicate not only with self, but with those around. And mm-hmm. I think that was like the most important thing with like yeah. building boundaries and like sticking to them, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, and of course, leaning into intuition and saying, Ooh, this, this doesn't feel right. You know, mm-hmm. cause I, I've had, I've had some really interesting opportunities again with, with soaps where brands have hit me up. And like we talked about earlier, 
you know, a brand might come across Instagram and say, whoa, this is like a big company or whatever, you know, like this has this much potential to execute this project. And you know, I had brands hitting me up really early on asking if I could fulfill like their soap wing of their brand and like bigger brands, brands that I rated. And, that and I was like, what? Like, how is like, this is like, this is crazy. And, and then, also at, at that moment, you probably didn't even know what you wanted for yourself and like where you wanted the brand to even like end up. Totally. And I think at the time, and, and that, that was when I did really realize I was like, okay, you know, I'm still wiggling around boundaries because it threw me off. It would, it would be, you know, these opportunities would come across and then start to steer what I thought I wanted, what me, what direction I should go in it was more aligned with their goals versus me finding my goals. And so that luckily I was in a position where I could, you know, sit back and I remember Luann helping me as well, like through some of the correspondence and like, because I would just mull over it. Someone would email me about something. And for the longest time I was an executor. Like I would, someone would hit me up and need something. I would make it fucking happen. <laughs> and I would do it very well. Like, you know, I really put a bunch of energy into it. And so I'm really learning that just because someone offers like that, potential it's just like well you don't have to like, take that mm -hmm. on you know and so sandra's learned to say no a lot yeah it's the best i learned this year too and now i love saying it all the time oh i love <laughs> it i'm so, now i'm like now i've gotten like kind of good at it it's amazing yeah. <laughs> yeah. learn i feel like for me I've, I've i personally learned that when i say no it's nothing that i should be scared of it's like i know you're giving up a job that maybe you thought you wanted at the time or a project or anything like that but the universe will reward you in different ways. And like, if you have a gut feeling that like it's taking too much out of your soul to like do this, just say no and something else will come because it always does. And I fully, 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 fully. I mean, we, yeah. we connect on that for sure. And it's just kind of like, I do, I do. I just think I have full faith and trust and, you know, I communicate with the universe and all that kind of stuff and really lean in and understand that things will present themselves. And oftentimes will present themselves so that you can, you have an option or an uh, opportunity to say no, you know? And I think that's really important to kind of acknowledge. But we've definitely learned how to build a lot of boundaries within our relationship and just, I work a lot. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say a lot. Yeah. And so, you know, Sandro helps out by, he always makes sure, makes sure that the dogs are okay and fed. I don't really have to. We don't really have to organize that anymore, which is nice. Yeah. He just makes, he'll come home and make sure that that's done because his schedule's a little bit more flexible than mine is. And then, you know, after building the shop, that was, oh, yeah, that was, he, <laughs> he was very gung ho about building the shop. I was. We yeah. can do it. This is the space. I was like, this space is too big. Yeah. We don't need it. Every time I saw both of you post like development photos, I'm like, I, they're not doing it. Like in my head, I thought you were getting contractors because like, there's no way Luann does so much. They both do so much. There's no way they're building it. And then you would post and I was like, this is nuts. This is, this is, <laughs> yeah. it was I just it was can't be yeah. happening. I just held things and painted. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. it was crazy. And we did, we had a few, we did have a few key contracts. Like, you know, we had a, a great, or we had an electrician mm -hmm. and that had a small team <laughs> and we had, you know, we're not going to handle all the big heavy lifting, but yeah. for the rest of it, yeah, it was, it was quite the project for sure. And I think that. And a friend that helped us throughout like the talking to certain trades and stuff. And yeah. We were doing things like to code. And, yeah. Yeah. But then after the, it was supposed to be a three month project. It was a four month project. 
which is still very good in terms yeah. of building what out your did. own space. Yeah. And then after that, Sandro was just like, I'm not stepping foot in that place for like, like yeah. a year. Oh, it was Obviously, intense. it was less time than that. But oh, yeah, yeah. He just sure. didn't want to talk about it, didn't want to. Like, it was intense. <laughs> it was, because again, it was so different from, you know, I've done very, really intense production projects for years, like hundreds of them. And but you're working with a different demo, you know, I think working in this sort of construction project where we're hiring with this like just such a grumpy group of men, you know, just yeah. just being and if like I can borderline. Just put this out into the universe. We need more female trades. Yeah. Like <laughs> when we were doing this project, Sandra definitely has more is more in tune with this like female energy than most men that I know. And is very balanced in that way and the whole time I was like if we just had a team of women I feel like there'd be so much less drama and such yeah. and I've been seeing like so there's um there's a female contractor that I've come across on Twitter I mean sorry on TikTok and she just always talks about how men are horrible like she won't get jobs because she's a female and people don't think that she can handle it yeah. it's horrible it's ego well, it's and it's all ego yeah and and so again, me being so sensitive and energy, like sort of involved. Oh my lord! I just I I just soaked up so much because I was just constantly dealing with like mm-hmm. making sure and like in trades, it's just this domino effect. If someone's late or whatever, like things just yeah. go crazy, and then everyone's always blaming someone else. And to the like, end, and they won't talk to me because no. I'm a woman. Like, so yeah. I have to get Sandro to reiterate the same message. Yeah. Because they'll listen and to you're me. like, yeah, I understood the first time. Right. I, I got it. Yeah. I was there. <laughs> totally. And so that was definitely something that was intense. And then I think, yeah, I did. I was very, it was my vision of it was quite blurry until there was some, some space taken and then coming back to it and, and being like, whoa, like, especially now when I go in there, you know, and it's fully doing its thing as staff. You know, people have their things in certain places, like the ingredients are there. It's totally an energy. And when I look at that, I'm so proud. I, I'm like, wow, like this is an epic project. Like what a huge permanent installation I was a part of, you know? And like, it's, it's amazing. Like even the lights, I look at the lights and that's what I did for years and like yeah. building stuff like that. It's like in the olden days when people built their houses and they were like, my dad built this with the, with the wood he found in the forest. And like it has a different meaning to it. Totally. I will say that we are very, maybe not the word privilege isn't right because we do learn a lot of these things on our own, but we're in such a good position as business owners because Sam and I have learned to learn everything that we can. And so, you know, Anna at the shop the other day, she said, wow, it's so cool that we can just make a flavor and then release it that day because We'll think of it one day, we'll make it, it tastes good, we'll take a photo, we'll drop it, it gets sold the next day or the same day. And she just thought it was so crazy how fast it was. Mm-hmm. And I just said, yeah, I've never thought about that before. I guess it's just because we make the ice cream, I know how to take photos, I know how to Photoshop it, we know how to put it on Instagram. There's all these other hands that have to touch it. Yeah, It's just, you, you think, and again, this is my idea, execute, idea, execute, like the 50 things that 48-hour turnaround time. <laughs> but I was like, we're in such a good position. I can't imagine being a business owner and not knowing how to use Illustrator. Yeah. And not knowing how to, like, make TikTok content or, or do certain things. And it must be a 
struggle for, I mean, you would obviously outsource it if you could do that. Yeah. But I can see how it would be a struggle for other people. But it's like an, it's an additional cost that small business owners can't really incur. You know? I think TikTok is so easy because smaller brands can like go viral from like one video, but it's a lot. You got, I, I don't know if privilege is the word, yeah, because you have like, this was your job for so many years to do it beforehand, but it's definitely an incredible asset that you have, the both of you. So what kind of advice would you give to anyone? I know, Luann, you said ice cream is not your passion, but what kind of advice would you give to anyone who maybe it's a hobby or maybe it's a side project that they're doing that they want to turn in to a full-time thing? What kind? Either of you like can speak on this, but what, what advice would you give to someone else right now? Uh, the advice I have is very contradictory. So it is don't wait, just do it. Obviously make educated plans and things around it. But I think one of my biggest regrets is that I waited so long to jump into it. But then the contradictory part of that is also just be okay with the journey and the timing and knowing that whenever something happens, it's supposed to happen at that time. It has literally been like in every interview I've had so far, I've like tried to instill that the journey is like where the beauty lies. It gives you a story and it kind of becomes your identity, but like in the, in the best way possible. Like, I know I'm not trying to say like your job is your identity, but people literally want things to happen overnight. They want success overnight. They want gratification overnight. And it's like, no, you need to have that time. Whether for some people, it may be like, for Sandro, it was like a two month turnaround time. Like he launched and it was a great success, but it's not like that for everyone. And I think it's like, start now and wherever you end up is, is where you end up. Yeah. yeah, That's what I was going to say for sure. It was just kind of like, be about it. Stick with mm-hmm. it, do the thing, trust the process. And if things don't happen on the day that you had hoped, just, you know, just keep going, you know? And, and I think it's just you really have to like like you said that journey is the actual like mm-hmm. that's the like that's the thing and it's the story so sandra so much of your brand ethos is around ritual the importance of ritual and how sacred it is what are some of your favorite rituals Ooh, like i mean i think the biggest one that for sure like following the moon i, I really i very much sort of follow where the moon is and when it's new when it's full and in between that kind of stuff mm-hmm. i do a lot of intention setting and letting go of things and i think whether or not you do like i think it's good to do at a certain cyclical sort of routine or whatever i mean that's the best way of saying it but it's just kind of the moon really helps just because I, I really, I believe in the universe. I believe in the energy that, you know, I, I really connect sort of all of this stuff, all of the timing really matters. And so I really lean into those things, especially when thinking about kind of like ritual and when, when to do things, but also the process that I making soap and, you know, that I, I'll do things, you know, that are kind of more cosmic where I'll make certain things at certain times of the month that are aligned with the energy that's in the sort of environment, but also with, you know, like I was saying, like things in the soap process where I'll write things in there. Like that's, I, I would consider that very ritualistic in a way. And then the way that I live day to day is like Luann was saying, like I very much, I have, you know, I, I wake up, I spend some time with the animals. I tend to my like body, do some like exercise, make a smoothie, have a coffee, smoke a couple things. <laughs> you know, sit in the backyard and reflect. 
And then I make my way into the studio. And, and I think because it's a long process that has many, many steps, I'm able to inject kind of like, oh, I do this thing now, and then I do this thing now. And as I'm doing those things, like, you know, even when I like shave the edges of the soap, there's this constant process of like counting to four and then eventually to 12 for the whole bar. And like even saying certain things or like sort of responding to myself in a way and spending time very much in that moment, focusing on breathing and that kind of stuff is, has been really important. I think the most static is definitely the moon, definitely the moon. I stick to the moon. And then beyond that, I just reflect and, and like spend time with self. I use things like, you know, Chani app and time passages and very, various like astrology kind of like things to like dig into. And then I'm also, you know, I've been a long time user of like, like I said, like, like smokable medicine, you know, whether that's marijuana or tobacco or other sort of forms. And then now more and more digging into the wonderful world of like psychedelics. Like, I, you know, I've always been, I've been involved with music for a long time. Not that that's like prerequisite or whatever, but it kind of goes hand in hand through any of these kind of experiences. And now I very much enjoy and lean on and use psychedelic mushrooms to kind of allow me which to- are like everywhere now and in the next year and a half that's all you'll be hearing about everywhere <laughs> totally it works it totally works yeah mm-hmm. yeah and so i think a lot of those things like i mean i could get into sort of like yeah deep, deeper sort of more witchy things for sure that i definitely involve myself with but yeah that's I, I, I love hearing a man talk about this because i feel like it's majority of women who are like obsessed with all the astrology and the witchiness and we love it all, but it's, it's great to hear it come from you as well. All about it. Oh, I'm all about it. I remember I found like this reader, this guy Chris Porcini on, on Instagram some time ago and just kind of like got really into the readings and then started doing these workshops. And then, yeah, I would do these workshops and like it's on Zoom and it's just like me. And then like a sea, a sea of sort of like, it was just amazing, amazing, amazing to kind of be involved with these things. And like, I think, more and more and more people are opening up and connecting to these these energies. And I think I've just always been gravitated towards it. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Love that energy. So yeah, that's kind of Okay. And so how are both of you prioritizing like wellness and your own personal self-care rituals right now? I know Luann, you like posted something about working out every day for like what was it? Two weeks. Five years. That's incredible. Five years? Five years. Not every day. No, I do some sort of routine every day. So usually, uh, Sundays I take a break, but then Monday, Wednesday, Friday I work out. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday I do yoga. And you're also standing at work too, so you're constantly moving your body, which is so healthy and like great because a lot of people, especially during the pandemic, myself included, I was so like just sitting down for such a long time. Maybe I needed it, but it's just like movement is truly an incredible form of medicine yeah yeah Yeah. movement and water is just an epic yeah i'm not so good on the water yeah totally but i mean you're getting better you've got alarms i have a million water alarms on my phone and i always just turn them off yeah um i often turn them off i'm often the one that people it's other people that turn them off they're like man you need to drink some water and uh water and i'll be like just turn it off she's like nope water and i'm so sad about that 
you're a friend you have to drink yeah. so the funny thing is is that i just hate the taste of water <laughs> when people say that i don't understand uh, because I'm, I'm either. Either. it has to it doesn't taste like it anything. just tastes wet it's water it's wet there is no flavor i needed to have flavor it's so yeah it's so okay i've only met like three other people like you in this lifetime i don't understand like i don't get it so I grew up drinking so much milk. I loved milk. I, I would quench my thirst with milk. We drink like two, four liters a week at my house. Okay, so milk is actually very like thirst quenching. I will say like 2% milk. Remember the ones that came in the blue like cartons? Like I get it. I get it. So maybe that was the taste you were used to. I think so. And then I was like, water? Who drinks water like it doesn't taste like the water is like a little flatter okay i get it now now that i understand that you love that two percent blue milk that i know so very well it needs to have a flavor for me so lemon water green tea like i love tea a lot so i'll just drink oh yeah lemon water (laughs) (laughs) what a quick there we go (laughs) yeah yeah so i'm not i haven't over the last eight months because of the shop I haven't been so great about the self-care part. It, it's a learning process that's constant because I find that a lot of the time I feel guilty if I'm not working, but something always needs to be done. Like I either need to like think about our plan, I need to strategize, I need to do our budgets, I need to like... It's like you almost feel, because I, I feel like I resonate, sometimes rest, you feel guilty because it's like, well, there's something that I should be doing right now. Like I can't just be quiet yeah why am I not being productive but then I'll you know sometimes I'll just come home so usually I work eight to four if I'm not doing any more hours than that and sometimes I'll just come home and watch a k-drama and pass out for 30 minutes and then I'll wake up okay that was my day (laughs) and then I'll I'll get up and like work and do some other stuff meanwhile Sandra has a very rigorous rest schedule don't worry. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I'm very, I'm, and that's the thing. I'm just very, and it's awesome. I mean, that it's great that it can go hand in hand because then mm-hmm. I can do things. I think you know, I'm very much, and, and I think the the life I'm crafting right now is the life that I want to have. And I think for a long time I told myself, oh, I'm making the life I want to have, and I don't think I was. I, mean, I really don't think I was. I was building a very stressful environment of high productivity, mm-hmm. <laughs> and now it's similarly product are productive but it's the life that i want to live moving forward mm-hmm. i mean yeah, we're getting healthier and it's great yeah mm-hmm. luann do you have any earth sign in you uh, i'm a sagittarius and then cancer rising capricorn there you go i'm a capricorn yeah yeah it's like we were born to work we don't know anything else <laughs> yeah i'm and i was gonna say i'm such a busy body so even on our days off you know i mean like yesterday we came home for a minute and Sandra wanted to just hang out with the dogs. And I was like, I'm going to Canadian Tire. Yeah. We need a floating, a kitty pool for the dogs. I need a helmet, yeah. I need life jackets. <laughs> I started going through all this. Okay, you're, you stress me out a little. Yeah, that's a lot. That's like the Sagittarius in you. Oh my goodness. For sure. Yeah. I just like doing, I, I like to do stuff. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. And so, if I'm not doing stuff, I'm napping first week. So you're resting. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Good. That's important. Okay. This was so long and I'm so happy that we got to finally 
get this done, but I would love to know before we send off, what are some of like, where one, where can the listeners find you? And two, things that both of you are excited about in the next coming months. Yeah. People can find like just, so has got a couple of extra S's on the front. <laughs> Soap's just kind of on Instagram. on Instagram and on online. And then, yeah, over the next few months, I'm I'm shifting. So like right now I have a space in Toronto that's just like this kind of like storefront studio. And I also have studios that are underneath that shop. And so I'm sort of shifting and scaling the project a little bit so production is down below and then upstairs will kind of turn back into this sort of like retail experience like a kind of meeting spot i always call given like given room is like the, the sort of like one liner was a place to connect and it's kind of like coming back to that just with soaps being available there and so yes i'm scaling up um there's a few kind of little product things like i always wanted to make a brand and do the things like do abstract weird, sort of weird things that wouldn't like wouldn't really line up with soap, so so to speak, and or, or whatever the brand is about. Just I just wanted to cover a lot of ground. Stay home to do weird stuff, you know, like make weird videos, and so that's in the works as as things kind of like I said scale up. And I'm just really excited for that that shop space to be more, you know, like kind of like again shoppable. Like right now, it's very boutique. Someone shows up, picks up their orders, and what I always dreamed was that people could literally just need soap and they go there and get it, you know, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have, like, I'm so happy to fill orders online. I love, like, you know, I'm able to collaborate with a great web designer, the same as Ruth Baked, to make a new website that I'm really excited about and that, that's out and being utilized. But now to have that same sort of, like, idea realized into, like, the, the physical realm is is really exciting for me. So that's kind of like where, where the energies are for sure, moving into wholesale, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, we are rebaked on everything. Yeah. Instagram, TikTok. We don't have Twitter for my mental health. Facebook as well, but not very active on there. Rebaked.com is the website. Lots of fun collabs coming up that I can't talk about. <laughs> uh, there's like one, two, three collabs coming up. And then just working on new merch for the fall winter. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny because like I used to do, like I used to be in fashion. And so we, I tried to start a label with a friend. Like we did start a label, but didn't go too far. But it's fun to just be back in it and yeah. trying to like make fun stuff that my customers are really into and ask for. Luann, I feel like so many American listeners want to know, will you ever be in the U.S.? I've actually looked into it. There's just a bunch of logistical things in terms of shipping ice cream and making sure that temperature control and labeling laws we have to figure out and the way that things are produced in the States are different than in Canada in terms of ice cream. So also making sure that how we're producing them can actually be sold in the States. So it's a goal. I don't know when it will happen. A lot of research has to go into it, but yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. For for now, we just need to pray that the borders kind of stay how they're open and you guys just have to come here and try it. Yes. Yeah. Please. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.